we're gonna get started and Sean's gonna get us started. She had an idea about how to kick this thing off, so go ahead. So we've been having fun with some songs in this series and we just thought we'd continue the fun. So if you pull out your message notes, we've got a little game we're gonna play. It's called Guess the Fill-In. Yeah. So guys, you put the four things you think a woman wants and ladies, you put the four things you think a woman wants and at the end of our time together, we will compare notes. So no peeking, do your own work and let's go, Garen. Go ahead, Garen, get started. Uh, top four answers on the board. What are they? No peeking, no cheating. We'll do it at the end, but let's see what your answers are separately. Go ahead, what does a woman want, men? Married people, single people. Be interested to see what y'all put. Pins down, papers face down, and let's get started. Well, Sean is going to give us, I think, some some helpers on this journey, just some ground rules to kind of remember some things uh, as we go. So go ahead, Sean. Uh, I think, first of all, uh, for women, as we get started, I think it's important to realize and acknowledge that no man will ever meet and fulfill all of your needs and expectations. And this is why a strong relationship with your heavenly father is so important because those needs are not gonna be met on earth and so you need that, that fulfillment um, from God. Um, but I am really excited to be doing this series because um, it's very rare that I sit across from a woman who has seen an example of a healthy marriage or a godly marriage lived out. So I just love that we get to talk about this in church and, and in a way like this. But I also think it's so valuable for the men just to get some insights and some tools if they haven't ever seen the example of a godly or a healthy marriage lived out. But we would definitely say if your marriage is struggling, that you should definitely look into counseling. Take that step. Use that as an investment in your marriage and in your future. So move forward with that if that's at a place where you need that. But I'll say we put four things in here, and they may not be the four things on your list. So go home, start conversations, and talk through them. I think it's one of the <clears throat> cool things about listing those out at the very beginning like we did because it does give you an opportunity to talk. Yes, there's probably a hundred we could put here, just like same with last week, for what do men want. But we just picked, you know, some commonalities in the ones we have. But for some of the ladies in the room, your four are going to look a little bit different than these four. And you go home and you talk through them and, and learn about uh, what each other thinks and what, you know, ultimately is reality. I want to start us with a scripture that's very rich direction towards men, and uh, it is true that we are going to be sharing some things that are more directed towards marriage, absolutely, but also great relationship tips as well, but Ephesians 5, 25 says this, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. There's a correlation here being made by Paul saying, Jesus and his bride, the church, men and their 
brides here on earth. There's a correlation, all right? He's to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, uh, holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. That the, hey, men, you are united with her. And, and look, Jesus Christ, he died for the, our sin, absolutely. He also died for the church, the church body, the body of believers, the church universal. And what this text is saying is that when you come to church, let's say, uh, and you hear the word of God coming forth, it is a potential, if you'll listen and let God do a work in you, for you to be washed spiritually by the word. The word is a washer. The word is a cleanser to our lives. All right? So it's saying that, that, is, that that's what we're doing here right now. And that washing of the word helps to prepare you personally uh, on this earth and ultimately eternally. As a husband and a wife, my job is also to help wash her in the word, to help make sure she knows the truth about Jesus, that both of us together, we're moving and growing together in our own growth. Of course, uh, we're going to talk about some of those areas in which we can grow and do better together. But Sean, what is the first thing you want the guys to know that women want? A woman wants security. And oftentimes men think that this is, well, I do provide her financial security or I do provide security in our home, like no one would ever come and attack my wife in the home because I would be all over them, um, kind of like a cave. I, yeah, I think, I think like uh, there are men, and some of you are here, and I've talked about this a few weeks ago, you would say, I provide for her, and if anybody tried to attack her, I would take them down. Thank you, caveman. <laughs> You're so tough. We're going next level here. All right, this is relationships and how we can understand women uh, better. So go ahead. So what, what we're really talking about is security relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. Next level. All right. So um, what this looks like is just a safe place to connect and where a man is present. And this can be hard because reality is not pleasant. And what we're looking for is a place where we can connect together in the good and the bad, because um, when we walk down the aisles, for, for those that are married, like we made a covenant before God. It was in sickness and in health and in thick and in thinner and richness, rich and poor. Thick and thinner. Well, that's for my menopause friends. It, uh, so <laughs> I just uh, added that, y'all. All right, all right. <laughs> but really, to death do us part. And for us to embrace that, it means that our marriage isn't like a contract where you do a, B, and C, and I do D, E, and F, and if one of these are broken, then the contract is broken, and I no longer want to be married to you. So when you embrace your marriage as a covenant, that's where the security really comes in. But one thing that I would say to the men, if you are living with a woman and you have no intention of marrying her, um, I would say let her go to be with someone that really cherishes her and does want to enter into this covenant of marriage and this type of relational security with her. And I don't say this uh, flippantly and I don't say this unkindly, but if you are a man and you have no intention to marry the woman you're living with, 
Like, it's time for you to maybe make a decision, and it may be time for you to call a minister or a moving truck. That may be where, where you are in this situation. I think it's good. It, 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 is, it is real. Like, it, you know, stop playing games with her heart and marry her or, or move out, you know, and, and give her an opportunity to find a man who does want to give her uh, security. And Sean is talking about, she's talking about something that, you know, we've had a chance to see play out over the years. I mentioned, you know, last week, a, a man spells love, respect. You know, that's, his, that, that, that's important to him. Respect is important. And so we, we talked about that. And a, a woman uh, spells love, oftentimes trust. She can give all of herself and who she is when she, when she understands that she can trust, fully trust this man and not hold back. And when that happens, uh, sir, you're better because she's not holding back. And, and the whole marriage, the relationship is better as well. But when we're inconsistent men, when we're unreliable, when we can't be trusted, uh, when there's little lies and deceit and dishonesty and she smells it and she knows it, uh, we are sowing into that relationship distrust and it affects her and it ultimately affects, it affects you. She wants to know, like, can I trust this man with everything that I, I have? And, and I think there are men here and you... You want to be trusted. You probably do. Like, of course, I don't go into a relationship and say, I, I hope I can be distrustful. Every man wants to be trusted. And I talk to men, especially we'll do little gatherings. I'll talk to men, you know, maybe uh, the wild at heart stuff that we do with the men. And a, a man will leave that and say, I'm going to go home and I'm going to let her know she can trust me. Well, that's great. But if you've sown 10 years of distrust, it's going to take you some time to earn her trust. It's going to take maybe years for you to develop a foundation of trust, but this is important to the health of the relationship. Uh, it is usually at the top level. When we sit with couples, we'll often hear a man start talking about how she don't respect him, and we'll often hear a woman start talking, wor talking about words that show us she does not trust him in return. And a lot of this takes time to build the security and um, today, like where we are, I would go anywhere where God called us together. I would be all in. But early in this church planning journey, Gary one day asked me, he said, Sean, I wonder if God asked us to plant another church where he would move us to. And I said, well, I don't know where it would be, but it would be with your second wife. <laughs> so, for sure. It was so much chaos and so much disconnection that... that that's where I was at that point. Yeah, but I, I would say, uh, and she can tell you this, because there's another side of that. In the, um, in the early years, there was a lot of chaos, you know, uh, that we were dealing with in the church world. But um, I think having earned her trust, spiritually, emotionally, and relationally, the reality is if God called us to some other place across the country or the world, uh, we would certainly pray about that, but she would go. But she would go. Why would she go? Because she trusts me as a leading man. I want to be clear. God is not. God is not doing. Uh, we feel very called to where we are. I was just giving you an example of somebody who would be willing to trust. And there's certain places you've told me you definitely are interested in going. Yeah, I felt like God might call us to the Bahamas. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I'm, I'm real sacrificial that way. <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, no, she would, and, and there's a trust, but it, that has, to, you know, we've been married 27 years, it's taking 
time you know, to build even more and more trust where to the ultimate place that we would pick up our stuff and go, that she would be behind me and she would trust me on the journey along the way. Sean, though, we have talked about uh, emotional. We talked about emotional and, you know, because men and emotions, you know, you don't sometimes understand this well, help the men understand what that means to a woman. I think it's important to create just a safe space where she can share, where uh, she's not getting criticized or judged for how she feels or, or what she's expressing. But I also think, I think Gary mentioned consistency, that you are consistent in your actions, consistent in your availability. And another thing that goes a long way in creating security with a woman is transparency, where you're not hiding things, where you're not only sharing half-truths that she has to dig deeper to find the real truth. Yeah, right. Like, for example, in our home, uh, she has every passcode to every account and access. To, she can pick up my phone anytime. I'm not hiding nothing. She can do it. And, and if she doesn't, I don't even, I'm not going to question her and think, you know, what's wrong with you? So uh, she can do it. It's a part of transparency. And so guys, like, you know, if you're hiding things from her, she doesn't know access or, you know, to, and you're like, don't, and you get mad that she's looking, you know, at your device, that reveals something about your ability to, to, to want her to, to trust you. It probably reveals that you might be hiding something. And so when a woman gets that scent, that smell of like, he's hiding something, you know, her walls go up and her ability to trust you begins to fall. Um, there is a great tool you can use if this is something that you feel like needs to be strengthened in your marriage. Uh, one thing you can agree on with your spouse is uh, five questions and just do a weekly check-in. For emotional. Just for, yeah, yeah for an yeah. emotional check-in, a time of talking through things and just getting together on the same page, you know, emotional, spiritual what's going on in the home, what's going on with the kids. Uh, if this is something that you want to develop, and uh, just write five on the back of your card and circle it, and we'll send you a list of questions that you and your spouse can go through and say, hey, these are important to us, so let's check in with each other in these five areas every week going forward. So if you're ready to develop that, just put five and circle it. Put that in there. Well, the buckets will pass at the end of our time together. You can take that card you got. Just drop it in there and, and make sure we got a good email address. We'll send you those five questions. It's just questions about emotional health, like how, you know, how are you doing? How are you really doing? What's going on? And it allows her to share, of course, the guy to share and to know some of the things that are happening. Guys, you can put that on your card. Ladies, if your man is not with you, you can put that on your card as well. Let's go back, though, to the scripture in Ephesians Five again, uh, kind of in the middle of that, it says we are cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Uh, let's be clear. <laughs> Women would love and crave to know that their man is spiritually leading. You might be a guy here today, and you could maybe ask her that, or she, she may not tell you that because she doesn't want to offend you or upset you or bother you, okay? But, but women deeply value a man who might spiritually lead her and lead her well. And, and, and what, when we talk about spiritual leadership, guys, I'm not talking about uh, you being dragged to church. That's not leadership. I'm not even talking about you I just attend because I know she wants me to attend and I want to support her. 
I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a next level of spiritual leadership where you are understood in the home as somebody who's trying to take the lead in washing her, the family, through God's word to be that spiritual, uh, kind of known as that spiritual leader in the church. You're living it out, again, not just by words, but by actions and the way that you operate. And this comes from a, this comes from a man. How does a man want to and crave to lead his home spiritually? He immerses in the love of God. And the more he is growing in the love of God, the more he can lead others in that love of God. Right, 1 John 4, 19 says that we love because he loved us first. We, we've developed our love in our heart because of what Jesus has done in us. And if a man hasn't had that immersion in the love of God, he cannot therefore teach this love to his family and his children. So this love with God is going to be critical for him to do that. But once he does that, he can begin to help the rest of the family grow. And, and guys, you need to know that oftentimes today in our culture, when we marry, a man enters the marriage with brokenness from his life and his past. Sometimes he doesn't even realize it, but he does. He has that brokenness, and she does as well. And they get together, brokenness meets brokenness, and we marry it. Now, there's hope because of Jesus that we can heal after that marriage, heal our brokenness, and have a healthier marriage that's not wallowing in brokenness. In fact, what would be really amazing is before you get married, you invite God into those healing things, and then we get married, and we have a healthier start to the marriage. But let's say we get married and we're both broken. What can happen is the man can immerse in God's love, find the healing of God in his life, and then along the way, he can help her point her to Jesus so that she can also heal as well. Too many men, though, cannot invite the woman along in the journey for her healing as well because they are still wallowing in their own hurts, drinking it away, substance abusing it away, whatever addiction it is, hiding it, not dealing with it, burying it day in and day out, day out, working through it, whatever he looks like to kind of bury that brokenness of his life, to try to prove himself over and over. He doesn't deal with it. He wallers in it. And so she's kind of left in this place. You know, she's got to just figure it out somehow on her own. What God wants is for us to work together. Psalm 147 and verse three, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's what Jesus does for all of us. And when a man can discover this, he can also help this for his spouse as well. What's the second one, Sean? A woman wants to be heard. Gary talked last week about um, how we have spent years just studying each other. I've been studying him. He's been studying me. And that, that comes from listening and talking. And even this last week, we were out at lunch, and he started asking me questions about my childhood. And it was just fun, and he got to learn more about me. And I think sometimes this can be a challenge for men to really listen to understand. But we also know you're really good at that in other areas. You're good at that maybe at work or maybe at listening to a customer's needs and, um, and, and solving that as a salesman. We also know that you're great at listening to sports facts and collecting information about athletes. Yeah. But sometimes at the home, it can be a little, little challenging to connect in that way. So I've just got a few life hacks, guys, if y'all want to write these down that will we'll make the connection so much more 
richer at home. So the first one is when your wife starts talking, feel free to ask her, do you want support or do you want solutions? And so that just gives clarity to what she's expecting from you. Gary loves to solve my problems. He loves to fix anything I've got issues with. But sometimes I just need to be heard and to be listened to. Um, the next thing is don't interrupt her. Don't dismiss her. Don't think you know what she's going to say. Yeah, 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 I've heard that before. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Um, be in tune and be present when she is talking. Don't walk out of the room. Don't pick up your phone. Don't check the scores. Uh, be, <laughs> be present when she is talking to you and, and really connect in that way. Uh, the next one I think is super good. Um, learn her love language. If you're not familiar with what that is, Google it, buy the book, uh, take the test, and it really gives you an understanding of how each other wants to be heard and loved and valued. So that's a great tool to pick up. But some of you guys are probably nailing this at home, right? Some of you guys <laughs> like you, for real, some of you may be. Have most of that right anyway. Um, so I've just got a bonus, just a next way to level up in this capacity. And as she's talking and sharing something with you, feel free to say, is there anything else? And then wait and see what she has to say. And then when she finishes, is there anything else? Because here's the thing. With women, oftentimes the thing is not really the thing. And if you've never heard it, Women are like waffle. Men are like waffles, where they can compartmentalize things. Sections. But women are like spaghetti, where it's all intertwined and and connected and, and all on one plate. So. Yeah, the first time I learned this, guys, and, and it is true. It's like you know we are good at really compartmentalizing our life. But I, I came home. It'd been a long day, and uh, you know it just kind of one of those things. And looking for my wife, you know, and maybe uh, it's going to be one of those very white nights, you know what I mean? Some of you, maybe. Uh, it's going to be one of those nights, you know, and so I'm seeking her out, and I talk to her a little bit. I, I find out pretty quickly she's kind of not in, in the mood, and I say, you know, what's up? She says, I'm not interested in that because the house is a mess. Yeah, right? Like, I'm like, what this? does one have to do with the other? Chaos. This does not make Chaos. any sense. Am I right? She's, what she's expressing here is that it's all connected. And so learning this is, is critical. But if you push into that, guys, don't be afraid of the answer because it gives you something to talk through, to fight through together when you get to the root of it. But if they do, if a woman says, I do want support, here's just some really great phrases to, to know. I love you, I'm here for you, I support you, we will get through this together, and I've got you. Yeah, so I think that is big, is just listening. We are, we do, we are notorious for trying to provide all the answers, but sometimes she just wants somebody that she can listen to. If she gives you action steps, man, you can go for it then, because you, you're going to do the things that you're good at and fixing things, but, but sometimes that listening is so critical. Uh, Proverbs 29 and verse 20 Here's what it says up here on the screen. It says, uh, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for them. The good listener is the opposite of the fool. The good listener shows love, patience, care, and a humble 
posture. This is that posture of like, I'm going to provide an environment for her to talk and I'm just, I, I'm just gonna listen, we, we get defensive. If you're defensive, this is not gonna go well, men. If you're insecure about yourself, you will interrupt her and get upset with her. And so having that security and that ability to just be vulnerable and listen is, is critical for her. And, and this is hard to have these times where we're gathering and talking because we do get busy. You know and I know, especially those of you who have two working adults in the home, husband and wife, that there can be challenges to this, right? You could go through some time, a, a day or two, where you uh, are only seeing each other for a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes at night. And, and, when, and, and that can happen. Let's be honest, that can happen. But when days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months, this becomes very problematic for the relationship, especially for her, because you're not feeling, fulfilling that tank of communication and connectivity and letting her be heard. I, I saw this play out one time a few weeks ago, or a, a few years ago, that happened over a few week period of time, where I had been uh, working a lot, up early, uh, working late, didn't see her much in the morning, didn't see her much at night, I had been traveling as well, and when that three week period ended, you know, I'm like, hey, we're going to settle down finally, let's relax, you know, and, and again, it had been a few weeks of not connecting, so in my mind, again, you... Again, I, I'm so, you're probably thinking I have a one-track mind, but I'm thinking like, hey, let's reconnect. It's been a busy, it's been a busy few weeks right there, you know? And, and, and what she was going to then express to me is like, I know you want to connect, but I have another way in which I like to connect first. I haven't seen you, and we haven't talked in like three weeks. I feel a little disconnected. I had been gone for three weeks, and I felt the same. <laughs> it's like, hey, here, here I am, you know? But she did not. And she wanted a part of her tank filled that's important to her, which was some time together to talk and to just listen to one another. Two times it's made it into a sermon. Look two times. Two times. She's held on to it for years. Uh, in Philippians 2, 3. Uh, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above men, above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of, of others. If, this is the thing, guys. If you don't take time to study her, listen to her, and give her the opportunities to talk and to share and to be heard, you do that for a long period of time, and I hate to say this, but if you don't do it, another man will one day. And he'll start listening and paying attention to her and telling her things because you have abdicated that responsibility of being that man that listens to her. All right, Sean, third one, here we go. A woman wants, a woman wants him to see her as beautiful. And I would say to the women, like this is again where you go to Christ to fill you and make you feel beautiful. And I can say like in our relationship, I get my strength and my beauty from my relationship with Jesus Christ and Gary gets his validation through his relationship through Jesus Christ with our Heavenly Father. And so, women, it's so vital. So we each have our own relationship with God, so we're not dependent on each other to meet needs in this way. However, uh, as he said last week, it was really great when I spoke words of encouragement and validation and on this side of heaven, like he gets that from me. And men, your words can go a long way in making your woman feel 
beautiful, but women, you do have to have your worthiness and all that quenched um, by your relationship with, with Jesus. But there's, um, I just think that women want to be seen as beautiful, as valuable, as pursued, because the world is coming at us, like we are hearing things from culture and from the world and from social media, and these are just being poured into us. And also, we have the voices in our head from our childhood, from our past, from past relationships, maybe things that our spouse has said that has wounded us and how we feel about our own beauties. And sometimes we're comparing ourselves to what we looked like in our 20s or our teens, and, and we can develop this unhealthy feeling about ourselves. So the voice of our man is so valuable in this way. I think there's probably, uh, Sean, some things that um, uh, that we, you know, again, we as time moves on, we can stop pursuing her. We stop uh, we we stop probably uh, doing the things that we once did or seeing the things that we thought was beautiful in her. I think as men, we, we stop yeah, probably seeing yeah, it beautiful. Y'all know this is true. Like, guys, y'all used to be like, wow, she came to the date so beautiful and put together, and I just love that so much. And now you're, like, mad because it takes her so long to get ready mm-hmm. to get beautiful to, mm-hmm. to show up for the date. And sometimes I think men loved how women took care of themselves when they first got married. And now you resent how much money she spends on her nails and her hair and her outfits and um, her underwear because they're not bought in a 12-pack like yours. And so, so over time, we do lose this sense of awe for one another and this, this awe of making each other feel great. Yeah, it's like a old saying, if you want the things you once had, you need to go back and do the things you once did. And we drift away from that, including men making her feel beautiful. Sean uh, wanted me to share about something, or wanted her to share, she wanted to share some, about something called NST, NST, and that is not another translation of the Bible. Uh, there's something called NST that men need to pay attention to. What is NST, Sean? Does anybody know, anybody heard that? It's non-sexual touching. Mm. It's when a man just will connect with you without any expectations. He just wants to connect with you, holding hands, sitting on the couch together. And um, guys, I got to tell you, husbands, the gig is up on the offer for a back rub. We know how this goes down. But it really is important to connect in all of the ways to help the, 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 us just feel valued and pursued in ways other than that. So um, the one thing I would ask the guys is does the way you treat, touch, and speak about your spouse in front of her and in front of others bring value, beauty, and honor to her? Yeah, it has to be consistent. The noise out there against her is already so great. Sean talked about that. The noise in her mind, the noise in culture. And so you're just continually uh, reminding her, hey, I don't know what the noise says out there, but this is how I see you. You are you are beautiful uh, to me. And, and I just want to, before we move on to the last thing, let me just say this, men. Anytime another woman walks by and, and your eyes gaze upon her and she sees that, you're hurting her. You're hurting yourself. That's another thing, but you're hurting her. 
you're, you're looking at her and, and that sends signals to your, to your bride. I know I'll hear men say, well, I'm just looking at the menu. I didn't order anything off of it. Knock it off, man. Knock it off. Jesus spoke about this. Your eyes can be a problem for, for your heart. And, and in Matthew 5, 28, here's what he said. He says, however, I say to you, if you look with lust in your eyes at a woman who is not your wife, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Uh, you have damaged yourself spiritually by lusting after a woman that is not your wife. But you're also, again, you're damaging her and the way she feels and sees herself as well. This is why pornography is so destructive to relationships and to marriage. Because the man is putting his energy and gaze and lust at something on the screen that's not his wife. That's somebody else's wife. You say she's not married. She's not your wife. She's meant to be somebody else's one day. And so that's adultery. You know, and men have to come to terms that, hey, that is adulterous behavior. You're stirring your emotions and your lust towards another woman. Jesus confirms this in the text. You're damaging your own heart, men. But when she knows this is happening, you're taking energy from her in the relationship, but you're damaging her as well because she does not feel like she is beautiful and worthy enough for you. Job 131 says this, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Guys, we got, we got to stop gazing upon women that are not, are not her and drive that energy into our own woman or really our own spouse. One last thing, ladies, before we do get to this last point. When you lead with the physical for him, especially those of you, you're, you're single or not married, you have taken off the table essentially for him any reason for him to want to learn about the real beauty inside of you, not the artificial even, or not in the exterior. When you give up of yourself like that before marriage, his incentives are gone to really know who you really are. And so I think it's important, ladies, for you to remember that's a reality uh, about a man. All right, Sean, last one, go ahead. A woman wants a partner in life. She doesn't want another child to raise. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. So, so um, a few weeks ago, Gary said, women don't want to raise you as a child, and men, you don't want to make love to your mama. And the reality is we sit across uh, the, the table from couples all the time where the woman is carrying so much emotional weight of the home, and it just plays out in different ways. Gary was an amazing husband and he would do anything I asked him to do. If I gave him a list, he would do everything on the list, but that was the problem. I had to create the list. I had to make the list and I had to give it to him. And then he was happy to do that. But that's not carrying the equal amount of weight. Hold on now. <laughs> Wait, this isn't in here. No, 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 no. I let me I, I will say this. Uh, we were we were we were working on this together and I said, let's talk through what are the things that, you know, you want us to share on the stage. And so we were working this. And so when we got to this point, you know, she's like, and let me tell you about you and something I need. And I'm like, hold on. This is not about me. This is, this is about the congregation here. And uh, no, we, we don't, I don't get it right a lot. And so she was explaining to me, and it's important because she's going to talk more about this. She's talking about a situation where a man goes to the next level. And that's what she was expressing to me. So... Go ahead. Yeah, well, think about it. Think about it. When a guy wants to play golf on Saturday, he gets up, he gets, his, gets dressed, gets his gear together, 
kisses his wife and kids and walks out the door and is gone for five hours. But oftentimes, if a woman wanted five hours of solo time, it takes like a small act of Congress and starting a whole day ahead of time where she makes the list, she packs the sports bag, she lays out the snacks, she wraps the birthday present, all of that to be gone from the home for five hours. And um, men, many of you are married to strong women who do work 40 hours a week, whether it is in the household or outside of the household. And they love that work and they're fulfilled in that role. But are you partnering together in the care and the expectations of your home? And as we look at this, we start to realize this has been a problem since the beginning of time, even starting with Adam and Eve. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, it, it does, a lot of this goes back, you know, we can go, anything in our life, we can go back to the garden and see where it all came from. But uh, I will also say that what I have, um, you know, what Sean was expressing to me when we were talking about this is like, uh, you know, if I ask you to do X, Y, and Z, you will, thank you, but there's some times where you walk by something six times and leave it for me. This was her point. It's like, like, where do you get off in thinking that that's okay? Where did we think this was okay? We learned some sort of thing from our childhood that maybe wasn't biblical, but we just took it into our own relationship and thought it'd be okay to just keep passing by something over and over without actually stepping in and doing something about it. It's passivity, right? It consumes us. Or it's wrong communication about the household responsibilities. In the end, it's going next level and getting out of that passivity. In Genesis 3.12, we see this reminder of this moment where the man had abdicated his responsibilities, he had been a passive man, his woman ate of the fruit of the tree, and again, now he's blaming her for everything the man said, the woman, God, who you gave me to be with me, uh, look, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate it. Like, it's all on her. You know what, I'm relinquishing, relinquishing control and responsibility, I'm just putting it all on her. Eve did this, she stepped in and took control while Adam was passive, but we do this in our homes today women step in and take control where men are passive but sometimes as women we create passivity in our men by taking control and that creates just this very unhealthy cycle and just think about it in a very small way have any of y'all ever had your husband load the dishwasher yeah and did you go back behind him and reload it and shift it and do it differently, right? Like, we want to even control how the dishwasher is being loaded. And Gary loads our dishwasher at our home. And here's the thing. He puts way more dishes in it than I am comfortable with. And my eye is in the background twitching, and I'm like, oh, gosh. But that's how he does it, and I don't go back and undo it, and I don't tell him he's doing it wrong, and so he regularly does that. And then he unloads the dishwasher regularly, and there are times I can't find the big spatula, and he puts the little spoons in with the big spoons, and I'm like, why is there chaos in my silverware drawer? <laughs> but here's the thing. It is beautiful, and he is not passive about the dishes and the kitchen and the dishwasher. And I am not controlling over a lot of things. And we have taken this into so many areas of our marriage where I have released control and he has stepped out of passivity. 
So that's been like really, really important in our marriage. And another thing is like, guys, if you see something that needs to be done, just do it. Don't wait to be asked or told or told how to do it right. If a diaper is stinky, change it. If there's dirty dishes, if something, y'all are hungry and you want dinner, cook it. Like, do the, do the things that need to be done. You don't have to wait to be asked. And I think this is really where communication is key because seasons change in your life, seasons of life change. And this is where you can sit down and talk through expectations so that you are moving forward together and working through everything in your lives together. Well, you know, um, I will just say, I do believe I've become a professional dishwasher <laughs> loaderer. So that will do another talk. My I, I, eye has almost stopped twitching. <laughs> okay, guys, here it is, right here, Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of a lazy man, he desires, he really wants he wants the best in his household, right? But he has nothing but the soul of the diligent. You're the ones that will be made rich. The guys who get off passivity and decide to be diligent about their household, they find the richness in the relationship. So, hey, what are we doing over these two weeks? If you missed last week, you can go back and listen. We're just revealing some things about each other that are important. Again, your four may be different, same as last week, but it just gives you some talking points to help understand one another better. And when we do this with God's help, God-centered, God-focused, we can then, I think, have healthier relationships, learning about one another. And don't forget this. Maybe you had no guidance on this growing up. Maybe nobody showed you this, taught you this, cared about this. But you can learn it now because that's important. We know our, cho our children are watching us. And our children have an opportunity to learn from us healthy ways so that they can teach their children one day. When you decide to get this right, you're passing something down legacy from generation to generation. That's a big deal. And so I hope you'll dig into it a little bit more. I wanna pray with you right now. God, you've been so good to us revealing these things and, and we are imperfect. <laughs> we just are. Uh, men are imperfect, women are imperfect. We don't always get it right. Um, learning about each other though helps to at least bridge some of that very large gap as we are so different in the way you've made us, God. We join together, you have big plans for us, but sometimes we just miss the moments to care and learn and grow together. God, I'm praying for a, a, a learning, a wisdom, a strengthening of some of the marriages or relationships here in this room. And God, maybe uh, there is a, a partner in the relationship or a partner in the marriage right now who's, uh, you're, you're the kind of the one who's not discovered the goodness of God for your own life. Not even for even the, the marriage yet, but for your own life. It could, could be a guy in this room right now. You're, you're in need of, of knowing who God is and immersing in his love, and you never have. And so things just aren't clicking. Or, or may, maybe it's, it's a woman here in the room, and you've not made that decision, and so things aren't, aren't clicking. Maybe it's both of you. And you can't learn to love others well, godly, covenant, until you learn that he first, that Jesus first loved you, that he gave of his life for you, for the forgiveness of your sin. And you can receive him right now, your relationship with God right now. You can begin that connection today by just inviting him into your life. 
and accepting the forgiveness of sin which Jesus came to offer you. God, wash me, cleanse me, heal me, make me new. I'm ready to have a new journey in this relationship, this marriage, in my life, and eternally as well. I'm ready to walk on that road with you into something that's so much more different than this world teaches. God, we invite you in, in Jesus' name, amen.